You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Interstate Batteries has been a proud supporter of the Sportsman's Nation since day one. They offer just about every battery under the sun, from car and truck batteries to batteries for your trail cameras and rangefinders. Select retail locations even offer cell phone repair and cracked screen repair. Find a local retail location at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Welcome to the Land and Legacy Podcast. We're your hosts, Adam Keith. And Matt Dye. This is your number one resource for all things land. If you're interested in conservation, habitat management, hunting strategy, and rural real estate, this is the podcast for you. Welcome back to Land Lakes Podcast. Adam Matt here. Matt, here. you're there. Right. Calling in. Telephone. Right telephono. Uh, telephone. Yep. Telephone. Telephone. I'm trying Something. to remember my old Spanish from back in the day. But, yeah, calling in. We are here in the uh, middle of September, um, yeah. getting towards the latter part of September. It's hard to believe. Hot and dry. Feels more like <laughs> feels more like a July or August when I was a teenager than yeah. the last five years. This September has once again become the each and every year. It's like it's pretty hot and miserable. And then mm-hmm. it's like, okay, last year was a fluke. Nope. This okay, two years in a row. That's yeah, that's a fluke. It's but just to be when expected. it's been five years in a row, it's just to be expected. September is the driest month of the year. Which which seems seems odd to maybe a lot of people, but in this portion of Missouri, it just has been which is um, a consistent and a horrible combination. And yes. our apologies for all of you listening that may not like the sound of bodily fluids from the nasal cavity um, because I have, uh, I've been wrecked here this past week. No, it's not COVID, um, but like a, a cough, runny nose, sneezing. And, you know, when you, when you include a, a part of the world like the Ozarks where ragweed and goldenrod are very abundant, but then you throw dryness on top of that so there's no rain to dust. knock the pollen down and you have dust. It's just like constant sinus irritation. And uh, and not only that, not only do you have constant sinus irritation, but you have constant food plot f- irritation. I almost said failure, but not quite there yet. Constant <laughs> there food yet. plot um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just flat out misery, yeah, and frustration. It's been awful. <clears throat> yeah, it 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 has not been a good growing season. I think we mentioned that last week, and and it, it, it 
these are these are all the things honestly that rack up to this is why we don't depend on them from a management strategy all in all this is this there's it's not fail proof and i don't i think if you read anything out there it's like oh this is a fail proof solution not not really find me one please because there's just certain things that are out of your control Um, that's right but you can do different types of management um to kind of mitigate and not feel the effects of the hot dryness or lack of um successful growing season conditions like we're experiencing right now it's so hot that i think adam well, we we haven't really chatted too much after your hunt. We're kind of talking about that um, tonight, but I don't know how you felt after I went out one day with Chad, and it was it was mid to upper 80s, and probably same thing, similar similar to that for you last night. But um, long walk in, we got in the tree, and it's just like, oh my gosh, this is it is so hot. Like I yeah. I got a taste of the fact that hey, Missouri season opened, and we can't hunt. But until it cools off, I'm just not that excited just to just go full bore after it, even though they're, you know, hey, deer are showing up and there's opportunity. I just I'm not into it yet to be like full bore. Let's get after it. Do you did you feel kind of the same last night? You you had a little bit more action, but man, being up in a tree is just hot and humid. Oh, Yesterday was miserable when I walked out. So I did my my typical, you know, we wear merino wool, usually some sort of light base at the beginning of season. And I wear a t-shirt in when I get to the stand. And, you know, it was a hanging hunt. Like we were, I was in a saddle. Brett, who was filming, was in a stand. And so when I pack my gear, like when I'm going taking everything in uh, on uh, hanging hunt or whatever if i'm just going in to set in a tree stand i have a backpack and that's where the camera and the shotgun mic two gopros ozonics um and the tree arm and base all go and so you know i've got a heavy pack if somebody else is with me like a guy who's filming or whatever it may be swapped out where we both have a few things um Brett carried the sticks and the tree stand, and I carried my saddle platform. Um, by the time I got there in my T-shirt, I was already sweating, obviously. It was oh, yeah. like, oh, this is great. And the wind was Wonderful swirly. Start. Like, it was just like, okay, the wind's supposed to be east, but at dark, it's supposed to go more southeast. It was breezy, and it was kind of one of those, we drive on the gravel road, and it's like, it's not really blowing off. When the gravel road runs east to west, you, and you and you go on it, you're like, okay, we're going to see clearly is the wind out of the north or wind out of the south. And it's like, just set there. And it's yeah. still breezy. It's like, how's this happening? And yeah. you know, it's more east, but it's kind of all, not just like a, a big wave of wind where it's like constant, but like treetops are blowing like crazy. Down on the ground, you don't really feel it. And you're like, yep. it's a recipe for disaster. Well, so as you, I'm, I'm going down the road, I'm like, okay, you know, it's east still. So let's just go in. When we get to the big field, we'll see if it's south or north. We get to the big field and it was south, which is kind of a relief. Okay, we're stopping here. At least, you yep. know, I hung the set or the, the saddle platform and the tree stand. And my shirt, my T-shirt was like, super wet and yes. i'm like oh oh 
And I was just sitting there the whole time, though, thinking, I'm so glad I don't wear rubber boots early season anymore. <laughs> and well, yeah. I, I, I take the T-shirt off, and I use it as like a rag. Then I wipe my face, I wipe my hair, my arms, and I just I sat there with no shirt on for a while. Yep. And uh, I'm kind of trying to cool down, and I could never get cooled down. And I pulled out some of those little, like, wipes and took that little quick bath in the shower with the white or in the, in the stand with the wipes and still couldn't cool down. I'm like, man, this is miserable. And the breeze had kind of stopped a little bit. And, uh, I mean, I sat there just, just hot and miserable. We saw a lot of deer and I'll explain that later on the podcast. But when we got down and I, and I, and I, un- I took everything down and we walked out by the time I got the tree stand or back to the truck, I mean, I was drenched, like I had a workout. And yeah. <clears throat> as I told Chad, I, I was like, he goes, well, you picked the worst night to come uh, to open up the season. Because, <laughs> you know, you guys hunted, op- or not opening night, but the next night. He hunted right. opening night, and then the next night, and then he was off. Uh, he didn't hunt the next he two nights, Friday, I believe, yeah. or one night. And yeah. anyway, he's like, well, it's the worst night so far, and that was your first one. First one of the season. And it's kind of like, yeah, that's it and, wasn't supposed to be like this. And I was on field edge. And yeah, I was on field edge. You get a breeze going yeah. through, but man, that was the that was the 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 deal. We had a long walk in and <laughs> in and out, and had to pack. And I'll explain that portion later on. But like, by the time he got to the tree, got climbed up, got everything situated. Yeah, I'm just sitting there, no shirt on in the tree, just trying to just cool off before I put on a not stinky shirt yeah and then i'm like all right well i know by the time i get out of here i'm gonna put on the stinky one back on and i pulled it back out of the bag at the end of the night and um to walk back out because of a short sleeve and it was soaking wet so i'm like well this is just this nasty and this does again i like the idea and the ability to say hey it's hunting season we can go if we need to or if, if, if it's right but just those conditions aren't aren't the what you look forward to but this week those conditions definitely change it's like at least for two days and now i'm interested (laughs) yeah i tell you i i told chad you know it's like something that's so enjoyable and then you do something that makes it sets the whole thing apart where it's like this is not enjoyable it's like <laughs> hey we're gonna go play a round of golf tomorrow you want to go sure let me go spend all night working my hands over to where i have a bunch of blisters so when we start tomorrow i got that yeah, and that's what right. early season hanging hunts are to me it's like yep hey it's really hot let's hope we don't sweat walking in but you know what just to make sure that we do sweat let's let's hang our set first mm-hmm Absolutely. Oh. Absolutely. It just, it's just, I, again, maybe, maybe this is, this is uh first world problems, but, but at the same time, it's like, it, it makes you consider going and spending that extra time um, in the tree, but, but you, got, you took a, a little bit different approach from your guys set based on the conditions than what Chad and I did the first night that, that he hunted. Um, one yeah. was a very, or a more aggressive move while another, um, tended to be more of an observational, let's sit back and watch kind of set, but still be in the game potentially. 
Um, so we're going to talk about all those details, and I think that kind of gives people a rough idea of, I think, how to play out these different scenarios that they could be finding themselves in this time of the year. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, You know, early season is always a hit or miss. And, you know, we we've spent – a good amount of early season the last few years hunting this farm uh, north of north of where we live or where you live and north of where we our main farms are um, we we tend to hunt it a good amount early season because of the alfalfa yeah and once again though there's a lot of variables that come into play when you're trying to figure out the food source um, when when you're trying to identify the food source that the deer or at least mature deer, mature bucks are, are utilizing. There's a, I mean, a lot of times for a lot of guys, it's a, it's a shot in the dark. You don't know if they're going to be eating browse, if they're going to be full of, from eating browse, uh, early in the afternoon while they're bedded down, or you don't know if they're going to a soft mass tree that's right next to where they've been bedded. You don't know if they're going to a food plot, a crop field, a cover crop field, a hay field, uh, a white oak stand, a red oak stand. Generally, um, the food option is not a limited resource like it is in January, December. Yeah, and Completed. so an apple, a, an apple orchard. You yep. really don't know. Like, and that's where trail cameras or observations or just strong gut uh, gut reactions can help. And you know, Lebanon, uh, the Lebanon farm where we hunt, uh, where we've been hunting. In the last several years, a huge amount of bur oak acorns and white oak acorns. Mm-hmm. And even though the crops are great, the alfalfa fields or the the uh, you know there is corn that comes into play, but not not tremendously. And then you've got cover crop fields; um, those are kind of the main food sources. But the acorns are so thick around there that they, even though the alfalfa looks great, the acorns still play a huge part in pulling the deer and and really moving them around and it's not in just like blocks though too it's not like okay we can go hunt a five acre patch of timber that's that's got heavy white oak it's they're all long creek systems and this farm's layout is it's stretched out and so there's bur oaks and white oaks dotted right along the creek it's like one one day they could be in this hundred yard stretch during daylight but the next day they're they, you know they're they're way on down the creek line this doesn't make sense yeah um so it's even with that it's just the layout of those features and food sources make it that much more difficult to hunt too that's right that's right and you know it, between all of that it's like golly it's kind of hard to figure it out and uh this year you know you can have it figured out and see a ton of deer but we've never killed a nice buck early season up there. And, you know, one big part of why we get to hunt that place is we're targeting does, too. So trying to target does, but also bucks if they're around. And here you go, and you land in 2021, and we have a wicked frost in April. So white oaks are not, there's hardly any white oak acorns this year uh, through much of the Ozarks. And especially on this farm and on my family farm. There's just hardly any. So it's going, okay, well, you don't have to worry about that. And so that's just, 
and 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 that even took out a lot of the early you know soft mass that's that's mm-hmm. blooming during that that same time so apples or other fruit trees not persimmon though they bloom a little later so i have noticed a lot of persimmons this year which i just which, noticed which, that at my house today there are several trees that are absolutely loaded and yeah. they're turning they're turning from green to orange this week I've really seen quite a bit of a change. Yeah, and I have a feeling there's going to be some deer that get killed on persimmon groves in our part of the world this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, I, you know, with all that being said, it's like, hey, you know, alfalfa could be a pretty good attraction this year. And, you know, we've been out there uh, a good amount, uh, or Chad has, on on watching these alfalfa fields, and so far it's going – Yep, they're definitely hitting the alfalfa. <laughs> Without question, it's a humongous draw. But even to that standpoint, with one thing that this property, and I know we've discussed on other podcasts, but it's still really important to, to bring up, is generally, even with so much food in the forms of alfalfa spread across this place, different patches, different plots, different <laughs> fields, cover is generally not adjacent to those fields and it's usually a great distance away and so although that there is a limited food source that's available and that's being very attractive this time frame and deer hitting it it still makes the hunting side pretty difficult because they can come and they do come from a lot of different directions on many of the fields so you might see a good number of deer but it's like well Half came from there, a third came. You know, it just you add up, add it all up, and you're like, I see the deer, but still putting yourself in position really can be difficult on the property. No doubt, it's and, a big tease. <laughs> oh, it, it is, and and nothing I hate more than hunting big fields and not having a yeah. clue how to cut them off, or or just not even having a clue, but just not even having the option. Oh all yeah, all it is is. Just well, this is a hope and a prayer that I'm. I'm gonna. I feel confident I'm gonna lay eyes, but trying to close the distance and get within a bow range shot on a on a flat, you know, knee high, shin high field is just not gonna happen. No. But it no. keeps you coming back because you're like, well, I'm seeing them. It's it's an encounter, an observation. They're there during yeah. daylight, but golly, to be able to routinely cut them off very very difficult mm-hmm. absolutely and that's one of those things that you know uh it seems like we find ourselves on those on those farms matt i think of the kansas property we used to hunt yeah um yes. and then of course this property um mm-hmm. where you're just like you know we're gonna see deer but it's no, really no it, it really is difficult to try to get in front of them um especially when like in many cases on this farm, the boundaries are relatively close to those fields. And yes. so you're like, okay, we're basically trying to catch them as they're coming from the neighbors over. And, right. uh, and you know, it makes it very, very tough. Because at the same time, too, is, yes, they may be using the same trails to come from the neighbor to this property. But in many cases, the neighbor may be out on his property during the day and 
what that buck was going to do, he may have done exactly that. But at some point during the day, he got bumped or pushed, and now he's coming in a different way. Yeah, and and then there's also the the wild card of, of livestock and this being an operational farm too, um, where yeah. even when they come onto that, <clears throat> this property, sky's the limit of all the things that could could go wrong and that honestly do go wrong. I mean, wow. it's 100% a working this is a little bit of a side to the conversation, but um, this is a hundred percent like focused cattle farm farming operation. Hunting is just phenomenal um, from a, from a standpoint of very game rich, but it is not in any way, shape, or form trying to be attempted to be managed for wildlife. They're just yeah. there, and so that's why we're there. <laughs> um, but it it is a very very game rich environment, but again, not set up for for a hunter to be extremely successful it yep. could be there's potential but that's just not the focus and that's okay we're just fortunate to be able to partake in what's happening out there yeah yeah so you know as we as we kind of jump into this i don't know how many days we've been hunting now uh it's only season's only been open uh four days upon recording this so the 15th 16th 17th 18th 19th so i guess five days um and uh we've hunted uh chad's hunted handful of times i've hunted once you've hunted once right Mm -hmm. yeah so you go into opening or the opening night for you and chad which was the 16th not the 15th right and um you know kind of the game plan has been push the boundaries and catch the deer. You're not going to see as many deer, but catch the deer before they get to the alfalfa. Don't hunt over the alfalfa. Push the boundaries back. Get somewhere where you're hopefully going to catch them long before they ever get to the alfalfa. You have a much better chance at shooting a mature deer doing that. Yes. And and so you you change the observation into the actual encounter. Yeah. That's the whole strategy. Um seems great, but but that doesn't that doesn't do it. <laughs> I think about <laughs> all those times too, uh, like watching outdoor television, like when you see them hunting the, the Milk River or the Medicine River, and all these places up Montana. Like these deer are just filing by throughout the throughout the morning or through the evening. You're like, where are they going? And that's exactly you know what you're trying to do. Is you didn't see those guys back in the day of hunting those. There's probably still a lot of videos today being produced on that you don't see them sitting right on the field there's a lot of times where they're getting in between uh where they believe they're bedding and where they're headed and so you'll see these random trails of deer going and they're like they're headed to the crops or headed to the alfalfa same thing here we're trying to bounce back and set up and that's what you and chad did so if you want to jump into that kind of story there the the key to this hunt, and you can um, we've kind of followed along there on, on the Instagram story, and I know we're going to continue to do some of that um, throughout the fall on on the random hunts that we're that we're taking in those days. But the the cool thing about this property, and specifically this alfalfa field unit that was being hunted that night, um, is there's a there's a really big creek system, and it's a dry creek for most of the year. Um, with high banks and you can get into that creek and it's gravel bottom and you can walk it it's around the border around this field um, and and without that hunting where we chose to 
beat just about impossible. I mean, you, you could not, you could not get to where we were without getting into that Creek and going the entire length of the field. I would say it was probably half to a three quarter mile walk back in, um, to get around deer, but we were in the Creek for 96% of the time. And, um, so we just skirted around everything. Um, the field itself probably passed deer, um, as we we're going in there, but again, it, the Creek banks were above our head. So very stealthy approach, uh, but that allowed us to be able to be more aggressive and get beyond the field, beyond the destination and, and be in a cutoff position close to a property boundary where we know from history that deer cross from neighboring properties to feed on this destination alfalfa field. And so that was the approach the night or two before um, Chad had watched um, several bucks. I think he ended up seeing 30 deer plus or minus a few in the large field and a potential shooter. Um, it's kind of, we're going to have to see that deer up close and personal to really know. So um, we used terrain topography to get where we needed to get, had a beautiful Southeast wind. It was a lighter wind, but being on a North slope and having the stand set up just <laughs> 20 yards off of the Creek itself. And with that Southeast wind, everything was dumping right into the creek where we had just come up out of and right back the direction we came. And so we're hunting deer in a great uh, crossing, creek crossing and a fence crossing that comes onto the property and a bank and up a slope back into where they seemed to be dumping into the alfalfa. So all in all, on paper, everything, it was, that, that's, that's where we need to be. I mean, there, there's no other place that, that you would want to be um, it's a wonderful, wonderful pinch point back in there. Um, so we got to that area. I was in a saddle. Chad was in a saddle. Climb up. It's hot. <laughs> I know we, we talked about that earlier, but, man, it's hot. We're just sitting there waiting for deer to start funneling. We have a good view of that timber line that we're setting in. We can see 70, 80 yards. Uh, through different portions of that, kind of get a, a little bit of a heads up of, hey, deer coming. But then also we can look across the creek and onto a neighboring, it's a taller, <clears throat> excuse me, taller field that hadn't been cut this year and um, can see some wind deer would be starting to move across. So we've got the ability to get ready, be in position. Um, deer, deer really did not start showing up I would say 40 minutes before, before it got dark. And yeah. so the, normally on this property, when we're watching and observing these alfalfa fields, crop fields, it's always without a doubt, 30 minutes before dark. <laughs> like that's just how you hunt the field. You just know it's going to be dead, dead, dead. And then boom, when you see one, you're going to start seeing them just yeah. file out. Or it could be, you know, you know like in our case, if you do see one early, he's not some, he's a dinker. Yeah. Right. Like mine was a little year and a half or two and a half year old half rack already broken off one side. <laughs> well, isn't that a way to start the season? My yeah. <laughs> like a, a half <laughs> rack. Look at that. Oh man. So, so generally the way it, the way it goes, but we, as we had backed away from that destination, uh, 
crop field, alfalfa field, we were like, man, we should really start seeing some much earlier movement um, than what we had seen on the alfalfa field. It just didn't happen as early as we thought. But once we started seeing deer, sure enough, here they start coming. And um, knowing that there were some potential good bucks in the area and still not knowing this is also an area i guess too where this let's say areas and property you never really know what's going to show up there's been some really big deer so although chad saw, spotted a pretty good shooter um being let's say that aggressive to go and loop around um and get back to where we were it's like you never know what could show up you may not have seen it don't have trail camera pictures of it there's just potential in this area and um we ended up seeing probably 15, 16 deer, only a hand, I mean, two or three bucks, not nearly what we were expecting. Um, but a doe did present an opportunity, came in, crossed the creek a little bit further down than what we were anticipating the, than the trail that we were really set up on that had a more traffic and um, started to get that investigative look on its face and sort of really um sniffing following our yeah. trail throwing its head up and and it and this is the last 20 minutes of light and um it was a very easy chip shot make 10 maybe 12 yards or so and um this this farmer too made it very clear that it's no it's no shock right he's got all the crops in the area i've got a lot of deer so take some opportunities please harvest the mantler this deer and with that but with that one reacting that close shot you can't pass that up so chad um chad made a wonderful shot on that deer and um it piled up 40 yards away from the tree and um, <coughs> that was pretty much opening opening day so you said it was chip shot where did he hit her where did he hit her yeah oh right through the shoulder really both shoulders. Really. Oh, so, so drove it through both shoulders. Yeah. Chad, notorious was... shoulder shooter. <laughs> what what broadhead? Um, Rage Tripan. No collars. The Rage so, Tripan yeah. no collar? Or the... Yes. Okay. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Rage Tripan. Okay, gotcha. Because yep. we're shooting the Rage Hypodermic no collar, which has those Tripan blades. Right, right. Yeah, nope, yeah, this, yeah. This, this is the trap band. So blew it right and, through the uh, shoulders. Of course, at point blank. Yes. It better. Yeah. I mean, it, and, and she she still had on her summer coat, too. She hadn't shed. Um, so she, she was very thin hair. And, yeah. um, I mean, at 12 yards, it just blew right through shoulder blade itself and then actually came out um, low in the shoulder on the opposite side and it was one of those exit holes of um that you you're looking for being really low and that great angle um being so close to the tree and she was probably another 10 foot down because of just topography change um so it exited really low yeah painted blood trail i mean if you're going to open up uh, a season if you're going to break the ice let's say it was the perfect scenario so um, he definitely, definitely executed on that opportunity. And so for being the first sit in the, the tree, we had deer around, um, and, and the wind operated surprisingly well. Um, uh, I think that the, that was a function of the, the topography 
And um, when it does start cooling off in the evening, the wind pretty much stops. Everything falls right to that creek, which we were set up on. So it all worked out really well. Um, Other than having to pack the thing out because of new CWD regulations and processing her there in the field. Um, I mean, it was, it was a great. Oh yeah. Way. Forget that's in a new CWD County. Yeah. Yep. So sure is. what, what is that? If you're in Missouri, what does that look like if you're in a CWD County? So you cannot take any of the skeletal system out of that County. And so of course everything has to be deboned. Where Chad stays on the weekend is my parents' house because mm-hmm. he lives in Arkansas. So he basically, you know, taking it back to their place, he had to he had to haul it all out of there, huh? Yeah, yeah. That's not fun. So You're right. So make sure when you go up there, you've got a cooler, you've got the ability to that's get what, bags in, the, yep. in your pack with you. Um, that's what yep. we did. We just... He asked me about right all that. He goes, you got that cooler? I was like, well, I got a cooler. He goes, okay, well, I'm just, and I, I was like, well, you've never put emphasis on that before. I was kind of like, <laughs> you know, in the past, it's a little bit like, um, what do you call that? Uh, we're jinxing ourselves if right. we roll in. Yeah, we Super got the cooler. We got the ice. We mm-hmm. got this. We got that. And it's like, well, I'll tell you one thing we won't have, and that's a dead deer. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, man. So, yes, be prepared. Be prepared for that. And, um, I, you know, make sure make sure you got the cooler and, and bags to be able to process it there. But yeah, yeah. For, for first hunt and besides the heat, man, it's a great way to break in the season. Um, so, yeah, my, my um, next time that will be well – into the low 70s which we got coming yeah tuesday wednesday maybe thursday of this week so it's, it, that's exciting yeah looks like tuesday is the best day you know last Man, week we were talking we about those rain, those temps monday night tuesday morning, monday night, tuesday yes. morning and you can see the line graph like the, the the high and the low high and the low day high night low do to do to do and you can see that the high on tuesday is lower than the low on Monday. Yes. I mean, I think Monday's high... 87. Is okay, 87. The low the is high. 60. and mm-hmm. then But it's saying on Tuesday... Oh, because it's taken at midnight. So the, the warmest yep. temperature on Tuesday is at midnight uh, at the beginning of the day, and it's 67. And the lowest is at 49. Yeah. And, and I think the next day is... is 70 and 46. Right, 46. I mean, that, that that right there is like, okay, bingo, there's the steep change. There's a front moving through. Yeah. That's that's going to get deer, deer to respond, react to that. South and winds. Sweat crazy. Yeah, south winds. So that kind of brings in how my hunt went last night. Yeah. Um, and, you know, as I said, we packed in, we hunted, we were on a different alfalfa field that uh, we're basically, we've had some really good deer on this field but the bedding is you know it's kind of a guess right now it's like they're bedded somewhere else and i don't really know if these are ever going to be there during daylight but it's a big field it's really hard to monitor with trail cameras and so chad had watched it one night and saw a bunch of deer no shooters and so we went in and lo and behold right before dark 
we had a deer step out in a bachelor group. There was like six bucks, and I think the smallest was probably a 80-inch basket rack, and mm-hmm. then the biggest was this, I don't know, one f- mid-40s, uh, right around 159-pointer. Matt, I sent you a picture. Did you, get your, did you see oh, that yet? We, we've been talking. I haven't, I haven't checked it out yet. Oh, gotcha. So, anyway, um, really nice nine-pointer. He stepped out probably 20 minutes before dark. Plenty of shooting light. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now the question is, is he going to continue coming in during daylight? Is the farmer, how long before that alfalfa gets cut? How long are they sticking to that feed pattern? Um, needless to say, Tuesday we're going after him <laughs> because we don't know how much longer this is going to last. So, um, well, and, and that's a, the the only good thing is that there's not a lot of other food competition, so you can. Although, I mean, everything lines up for okay. Yeah, you want to go after that deer um, that that day, temperature, you know, everything. It's right. soon after that pattern. He's been there. He's doing it right. That's great. But luckily, if winds didn't work or something, timing didn't work, right now you can bet that that's the big main food source. There's not going to be a lot of other competition trying to shift that food source, unlike many other years. But that's you right. do want to strike as soon as you can. Yeah, so we're going in Tuesday probably or Wednesday trying to get get after him. Um, but, yeah, and so that's where we're at. I mean, he's a really nice buck. And uh, came out in a spot that, you know, we've, we've had a stand in that area before. And so, yeah. yeah, so we'll see. Wind's out of the south, which is kind of a bad wind for it. But, you know, in this part of the – on this farm, we get pretty aggressive because it things change so quickly with cows and yeah. hay and everything. So we get pretty aggressive. I mean, so yeah. we'll see what the we can do. could be cut at the end of next week. Yeah. the beginning of the following week. For, yeah. the, for the last time in the year, it's been so dry. We don't know when rains are coming. Oh, yeah. 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 You, it, it's it's go time. Yep. Um, and so. this, that's the balance back and forth of and how aggressive do you go early season. And a lot of times we, most farms, I would say, we would err on the side of less aggressive. Uh-huh. But this farm has been hunted and sets up in a fashion that you can afford to be because of the food sources and that really the deer aren't on this property a lot when it comes to bedding. So you can get to where you need to get, um, in some of these instances and then push the envelope and you have to be aggressive, honestly, to kill them. Yeah, totally. So that's the plan. And, uh, hopefully, hopefully it all comes through. We'll see how this weather unfolds, but, uh, that's kind of a week in the books for our season. And, uh, opening week so coming yeah guys we appreciate you uh you joining us on the hunting podcast this week right here land legs podcast and uh good lord will and we'll see you next week head over to the other podcast you're going to learn something about deer movements too yeah that's going to be very informative for this time frame and the rest of november so tune in over there yeah all right guys we'll see you